Hey, it's PF, uh, channeling Ira Glass a little bit here. Uh, you know, Ira sometimes starts This American Life with one of these uh, dry intros. Uh, we're doing a little something different this week. I kind of went back and forth on how I wanted to do this, but uh, basically what happened is I came across this documentary kind of by accident, and it turns out it's about uh, where I went to high school, my alma mater. I was on the uh, app called Hoopla, which is a... Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a pretty handy app. It's tied to uh, a lot of public uh, libraries, uh, just like Freegal and Freegal Video. You can essentially rent movies uh, digitally, and you can keep them for three days, and then it, it takes them off of your device again. And uh, I was scrolling through Hoopla one night, and I saw uh, a, a documentary called Mentor, which is the name of my hometown, and I didn't think anything of it. So I saw the picture of this building that looks kind of this orangey brick building. I go, that looks like my high school. And sure enough, uh, the documentary is not only about my high school, but about something really disturbing that happened a couple of years ago. Of course, uh, across the span of a couple of years, actually, uh, five young people, it is estimated, they're not sure uh, because of the, the cause of uh, one of the deaths, but five young people took their own lives, uh, most people believe, due to bullying. Definitely uh, three of them, they know, were tied to bullying. The other two, uh, it, uh, undetermined. But... Uh, quite a, a large number of those kinds of incidents that happen at that high school. I did some research at some high schools around the area there in greater Cleveland, found only one other case where that happened. Um, but we discussed this with the uh, director of the film, Mentor, which is what uh, this episode is about. I thought, you know, well, maybe we should still do fake news and a dumb bit, but it, it, it just didn't feel right. And if you watch the documentary, you'll know why, especially the very end of the documentary. It's uh, very tough to take. It's very, uh, very emotional. But I advise if you care anything about this sort of you know, bullying and online bullying and things like that. They do watch this, and this is something, you know, that uh, people should really take an active interest in. And I decided to run it this week. Uh, i kind of been delaying it. I wasn't sure when to run it. And then I was listening to BBC Radio 1, which you, you folks may know I'm a big fan of. And they're doing a thing this week. It's going to end Sunday when this actually drops. But uh, they're doing a thing concentrating this week on online bullying and how to combat that uh, in the UK and I suppose elsewhere in the world as well. So I figured this was a good time to do this. I uh, emailed the director of this documentary, Alex Lambert, and I said, hey, you know, I went to high school there. This was, of course, uh, you know, 20 odd years ago. But, um, you know, I still think a lot of the lessons are applicable. And I said, I'd like to talk to you about this because I'm a little surprised it's happened in, in my hometown. I haven't lived there in a number of years, of course, but, you know, I was still... Uh, a little surprised in some ways, not in others, but I discuss all that with uh, Ms. Lambert, who was kind enough to take the time to Skype with me. So we're going to listen to that interview, and then uh, on the other side, I'll have a few closing thoughts and, and a, a little pick-me-up for you uh, that I think you'll enjoy to kind of uh, put us back in a better frame of mind. Okay, so here's the interview with Alex Lambert. Okay, joining us on PF's Tape Reporter, it is filmmaker Alex Lambert. Alex, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, in the intro, I explained how I came across the documentary from Mentor uh, quite accidentally. But um, how did you get involved in choosing this as a subject to make a documentary? Um, I was reading a number of uh, newspaper articles about various different um, uh situations in, in, in schools in, involving um, not just bullying and um, other kinds of, of problems, because I would like to talk about the word bullying, but, but, uh, bystan you know, but other students kind of bystander culture, like students not doing anything about it, um, 
other people not intervening. And this particular case stood out as something that I felt could be um, made into a film in ways that some of the other cases couldn't have been made into a film, in my opinion. Okay. What made the Menor cases uh, more, I guess, sort of documentary-friendly, uh, if for lack of a better well, word? For example, one of the other cases was a girl who had been um, who had been gang raped, and and some of the other kids had filmed it on their phones. And I felt I felt in a case like that, you there's no. I mean, I'm not going to put that girl on camera, even if she consents, because I don't feel that there is there's a possibility for informed consent in a situation like that because I don't feel she could know how she's going to feel 10 years later on film. Yeah. Um, in the mentor case, the, the, um, Slajana and Eric, it's incredibly sad story, but, um, but they had died and, um, their parents were bringing a lawsuit and wanted their story told. And so as a, as a documentarian, I didn't feel like I was running the risk of re-victimizing these kids. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, looking, when I saw the documentary and what it was about, I I was a little shocked, Not only in the way that when you see, you know, your hometown getting any kind of attention, oh, that's, that's interesting, but not 100% surprised, um, not so much because of it being my hometown, but just that these things, this thing happens. Uh, this, you know, bullying is is a, a something that's you know been on the the forefront of people's minds for a while now, and has gotten more attention. Even though it doesn't seem to have gotten much better with all the attention, is this something a a, a cause you had kind of been familiar with before, or were you just looking at some kind of uh, story in general that would just make a good documentary? Uh, no, I'm interested. I mean, it, you know, as, as you mentioned, and as has been mentioned frequently, of course, this is not something that only happens in Mentor, and yeah. Um, yeah. I really. I really appreciate your talking to me because as you see in the film, I, I didn't have a lot of people who were willing to talk to me, um, who felt, you know, there were a lot of people who felt really proud of their town, but, but then wouldn't speak to me. And so, yeah. um, you know, I just want to say that uh, of course bullying happens in a number of d- across the country, across it, all over the world, you know, and of course that there are other communities like mentor. And so, I'm not saying this is the only place. What I what I did see, especially in Slajana's case, is that this was a very extreme example of something happening. And um, as a filmmaker telling a story, you know, you have to find that. I mean, telling a document in a documentary form, you have to find that example because I don't think statistics are very compelling for an audience. You know. Um, so if you're just saying, well, this happened this many times in this town and this many times in this town, it, it really doesn't, um, it doesn't give people an emotional understanding of what is happening to these families. Whereas Lajana's case was so well documented for such yes. a long time yeah, that yeah, totally. you really could understand what the grief was in this family. That really does come out with uh, a lot of the uh, documentation that you sh- do show in the uh, in the film. So yeah, my my first reaction, my gut reaction, of course, like anybody would be, even though I don't have, I would say, an immense amount of fidelity for my hometown. I do have a lot, and of course, the first reaction you're going to get defensive, and you're going to say, "Well, you're right. This happens everywhere." And I even looked up. There's a lot of places where this kind of thing happens, and it seems to happen in clusters. They say, 
uh, including that article I found, I sent to you from the fellow in psychology today, also a mentor uh, native. And, you know, he said, you know, these things happen in clusters, but that doesn't really seem to be the case in mentor. A lot of these you only focus on two. Really, there could be as many as five that from the local yeah, there news were, reports. Yeah, um, I mean, there were more than two. Like I said, I, I, I focused on the two that were, you know, families that were bringing a lawsuit and that wanted to go public. I don't have any okay. interest in, in forcing people to talk about something that is private that they don't want to talk about. And the other families hadn't brought a lawsuit and hadn't been as public about what had happened. So Okay. Um, um, so, I, I, like I said, the, the bullying thing, you know, we, we, gosh, we've been talking about this at least for 30, 40 years, and you would think it would get better, but it never does. It just seems to perpetuate itself, and people just, just keen to keep accepting it. Why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, and I think it's certainly, um, it's certainly depressing, uh, you know, but, but as I've, I've said before, there are a lot of things that kind of, don't go away, you know, murder and rape and, yeah. and <laughs> war and all of these horrible things. And, and you just kind of keep trying to, to fight against it. I mean, uh, I don't think it's something that gets solved overnight. And I don't think it's something, but that doesn't mean that one shouldn't make the effort. And, you know, in terms of pride about where, where one lives, I think the thing that surprised me was that you know i live in new york city and i love this city and but i mean there's huge problems in this city and recently we've had you know protests about the uh police shooting young black oh, men yeah, in yeah. the streets and you know so I, I think that one can love where they're from and still say hey we've got a problem here and we need to we need to look at it and so that's kind of all i'm saying i don't think there is any city in this country that doesn't have that kind of I mean obviously different versions New York is different from from mentor but you know we have we have our problems here and I'm not pretending that they don't exist oh certainly yeah well I, I think the the exterior shots you showed of the town I think were actually uh, fairly indicative of the kind of town it's like even though some of the written descriptions I've seen of mentor I, I would characterize as a little inaccurate um like cnn called it a, a lovely beachfront community we have no beach. the beach eroded <laughs> yeah, back it's gone it's it eroded back in the 70s the beach we do have is ironically in probably one of the lower class neighborhoods in the town upon the lake because it's also one of the oldest neighborhoods and yeah. um I, I would not characterize menor as upper middle class and that may or may not have anything to do with anything but something my mom is french she moved from france in 1963 uh, with my dad who was from born in chicago to mentor and she always described it growing up. She'd go, Mentor is very provincial, she would pay, say kind of dismissively, even though she liked it. And I never knew what that meant until a couple of years ago. And it is predominantly white. You nailed that one right on the head, more so than any of the communities around it. It is very, very what they call lily white. And I'm wondering with that and it being, I think, decidedly middle class, if maybe that has had some kind of uh, and an, it's kind of informed the consciousness that, you know, we don't we don't we don't cotton to outsiders, even though my mom came from Europe and a lot of kids I grew up with, their parents came from other countries. I still think there's kind of that mentality there that, you know, anything foreign, anything different is a little bit scary uh, in our town. Yeah, that seemed to be that seemed to be what I observed. And also, I mean, I agree with you. It, it did not appear to me to be upper middle class. That That was something that, you know, how it was described to me often okay. by residents and then oh yeah yeah there you go <laughs> you want to show that. <laughs> that comment you know against a lot of footage in the film where you see that it's not upper middle class cause right 
Yeah, I mean, there's we, parts, but it's... A, uh, you know, so, it, so my feeling was that it aspires to be upper yes, middle class. Yes, exactly, exactly. along with your, with, you know, with it being white and, and not wanting outsiders because there is a, there was an aspiration there that wasn't really being achieved. Another thing I, I picked up on was um, it, there's a line in the description of the movie like how far will people go to maintain the status quo, which sounds uh, sinister. But I don't think you know, having gone to high school there in the early '80s, I don't think it's a matter of anything. It's even conscious. I think it's it's almost people feel just duty bound not to rock the boat. And I say that because a lot of the things that happen, uh, you know, as far as them destroying the evidence and not cooperating, I, mean, I get the, the lawsuit was going on and they couldn't talk to you because of that. But other people in the town could have talked to you. And I think that that's just because uh, that you could trace that back to when I was in high school. And I think just the, you know, it, the, the people that are there now weren't there 40 years ago. But in succession, they've hired the same kind of people. And to give you an example, I swear when I was in junior high, the, uh, the colors of the team were red and white. The, the men are Cardinals. They have the same uniform as the football professional Cardinals who started in St. Louis are now in Phoenix. Somewhere along the line... A bunch of people from Ohio State got hired to be the principal and the guidance counselors, and all of a sudden we were scarlet and gray. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But they seemed to hire friends and people who were like-minded, and I think that seems to have perpetuated itself all the way into the 21st century to where, you know, you know, you know they say more things change the more they stay the same. I think right. that's, that's what's at work here, is that things just never, things never advanced. I agree, and then, and I think that that, and I think that there's something scary in that because there is not yeah. an embrace of anything different. Then. Yeah, and the other thing too is, I, I, you know, people might argue the case. Well, you know, if you look at uh, Eric's case, you know, there there might have been more there under the surface, and Slajana too may have had, uh, you know, other problems exacerbated by the bullying. But at the end of the day, if it's better in Menor, it's got to be better in Menor. You got to walk the walk, people. You know, it isn't like it. Like where I live now is very similar to Mentor, although it is actually upper middle class. I'm not bragging. Yeah, I'm not in money. Trust me. But um, <laughs> they have a they have a celebration here, very similar to Better and Mentor, but they just call it Anderson Days. There's no implicit guarantee of your happiness in Anderson Township, Ohio. <laughs> like in Mentor, where they say it's better in Mentor, we're better than Painesville, we're better than Willoughby, but you've got to walk the walk, and it doesn't seem like anybody did. And a lot of people failed uh, in many places along the way for both of those kids, and indeed probably the other three kids. That was my, yeah, that was my feeling. And I also, you know, when, you know, this issue of, well, there could be other things going on. I think this, when kids have problems, it's very, it's not, it doesn't do anyone a service to compartmentalize them. Yeah, you know, exactly. these things are all linked. And yep. so um, I think it's a complex issue and it has to be, it has to be treated that way. So, of course, the reaction in Northeast Ohio has been, I guess, less than friendly, uh, shall <laughs> we say, because um, people do feel it's kind of an attack on the town. I don't think it's a... I, I, say, it, I get a lot of emails from people thanking me and telling me their stories. They just oh, tend good. to be want to be more anonymous because right. they feel afraid, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the overall, though, thing, realizing... Because, like I told you in the email to set up the interview, my wife and I are, are, are big on the bullying thing, even though... Growing up, we were not, you know, you know, debilitated by bullying, but we had some experiences. In our, she, she grew up uh, 30 miles south in a town called Aurora, which is famous uh, people listening around the country and around the world for our old amusement park, Geauga Lake, and then later SeaWorld of Ohio, both of which have now closed, but just to give people some perspective. And uh, that's an upper middle class suburb, and uh, she handled her bullying in a very clever way. She had got a long black coat. 
drew a graveyard on it and put all the names of all the other girls that were bullying her on her coat. And then they all stayed away from her because they thought she was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there's different ways to, to deal with it. But anyway, we're, we're still very, and our, our daughter's now not suffering, you know, just the occasional garden variety. But we're very hypersensitive to do it for some reason. And I think that's why I kind of got drawn to this and the fact that it happened in my hometown. But what's been the reaction around the country uh, to the documentary? I mean, outside of Mentor, the reaction has been consistently a positive. And by positive, I mean, you know, obviously not happy because it's an incredibly sad story. But but people who are um, concerned about, you know, it's not just bullying. It's bullying. It's teen suicide. It's immigration. It's the LGBT community. It's, um, you know, covering there's a up. lot of things that are that are that come into play. In yeah, this, yeah. Definitely. In this story, and I think that people are responding to all of those things, and um, and telling me their stories, and you know, we're, we're we're I'm working with a number of people to get the film um, involved, you know, used in a kind of educational uh, way, and it'll be part next week of the Brandeis as it has a you know week of social um, activism uh, that it'll screen at, and so. You know, outside of Mentor, it's really been it's really been well received, and um, and hopefully will be used in the way that it's intended to be used, which is to try and address these issues. Yeah, hopefully, folks in Mentor will see you know the the forest for the trees, and you know it's unfortunate these things happen there, but maybe they can look beyond that and go. Well, so what you know what do we do? But you know, they should you know be the leaders. And I've seen where they've had anti-bullying rallies at the high school and so forth. I don't know if that's just you know out of guilt or trying to cover people's tracks. But, you know, um, I consider myself a progressive, and, uh, but I'm, my one, number one motto is, no matter what, be suspicious of any large system. And, of course, this is the largest public high school in the state, at least it was when I was there. You know, that's, and the, the destroying of the documents and kind of like, there's the one scene where, um, and I read this in the paper, where this lady claims that uh, they, they lost LaJana's records, and you have documentation of them, but they, that we lost them because we were changing computers, which <laughs> sounds so fishy, and of course that's a, that's, you know, that's a bunch of jive, because you actually have had physical uh, copies because of the lawsuit, I presume, correct? Well, there were two different, there were the documents by the um, counselor in the school that were shredded. So those uh, okay. don't exist. There are documents from the outside counseling she had um, that we have. And then we also had the nurse's records from the school. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And there's that yeah. clip you show where the, uh, the, in, the, um, in the affidavit where the counselor says that she shredded the documents, but then she told the newspaper, oh, no, we lost them when we were changing computers. Well, that sounds like two very different ways to lose documents. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's that's correct. Um, sh- there is a lot of kind of uh, suspicious, in my opinion, uh, you know, not. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, there was so much uh, that this girl was having trouble that those I would have. I, I know it's a big school, but sure. You should notice that, you know, somebody's coming to the well, nurse's office every exactly. single day. And people, yeah, I mean, I graduated with people, I graduated with 888 kids. And they're, they're those that graduated. There were another couple hundred that didn't make it that had to, you know, repeat uh, the senior year or whatever. So there was over a thousand kids in my in my class. Yeah, I still went out to college. I didn't know anybody. I knew this one girl uh, and I'd never met her in my life. And we had gone to the you know, same school, gone to the school system, both of us, the whole, the whole time. But, um... Yeah, you think people that that's their job to know would know and know what to do. That's just the the shocking thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, you know, I think that it, 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 when, when somebody like yourself is open to talking about it, it's really that's where it starts to be helpful. I mean, I think it's great, well, um, but yeah, it's the there, there's kind of a, there's been quite a spectrum of responses. Uh, and one other thing I noticed too is that, uh, especially with with Eric's case, was um, you know people in, in in Mandarin at Mentor High School they're 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 kind of lucky that that situation wasn't turned outward, because that could have been like a Chardon situation. Chardon, of course, the community uh, just south of Mentor, where uh, the young man tragically took a, a weapon into school, and uh, and we know what happened there. Uh, yeah, that was discussed. You know, I mean, that came up. When we talked to people again and again, they, uh, parents were said, you know, we think there's going to be a shooting at this school. And for a while, we kind of had that in the film as, I mean, not, you know, there, there is no, there was no shooting at Mentor, right. but the, the conversation, because I think you're exactly right. That's what, that's the next thing that happens or could happen. And, um, uh, you know, ultimately, I felt like it needed to be you know, H- Hannah, my editor, and I talked about it and narrowed it to the the two. Um, it, it, it was too much of a different, another conversation to put it in the film. But but that was what people were talking about. And Chardon happened. What, what year was that? It was when we were filming. It was, you know, um, and it's, what, 10 miles away? I, right, I don't yeah, know. Just, just south. Yeah, it's still, in, I think it's uh, the first city in Geauga County, which is the county just south of us. So yeah, that's you know, um, that's very much related that kind of incident. I think. Yeah, and I did a, a little search around, and it wasn't a, a very scientific search, but looking at you know neighboring schools, this doesn't seem to be a, a, a problem with other uh, s- uh, schools that Mentor's kind of in the same conference with or is the same uh, size as. I, I did notice just a week ago, Brunswick High School down south uh, had three students. Uh, took their lives recently, but all of a sudden, all those kids at that school spoke up on social media and said, "Hey, look, we got to look at bullying. This may have been what caused it." So they seem to be have taken a, uh, a proactive stance on that, and hope maybe it was uh, hopefully inspired by what happened in Mentor and people not wanting kind of that stigma on their school or community. Yeah, I mean that's what I want. That's what I want is not it's not that it doesn't happen anywhere else, but that you want a response. You know, you want to feel like when something happens that the community responds. And that they respond with a with compassion, you know. Well, hopefully, it's not a thing where people just, you know, it's not my problem. It hasn't happening to my kid because I it, I read a statistic where they say a, th- a third of kids are subject uh, to bullying, but that means two thirds aren't, and maybe that means you have two thirds of people who are just like, well, either they're doing the bullying and they don't see any reason to stop it, or they're just, you know, they're kind of flying under the radar of school society. It's not impacting them. They're not seeing the impact. They figure, well, you know, it's probably not a big deal. That stuff happens in the movies and on TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, and I and I and I think, um, you know, everyone needs to feel like, well, we're part of this community, so this is our problem, whether it's whether it's directly my children or not. You know. Okay, so where can people find the Mentor documentary? I found it on Hoopla, which is a uh, service that is uh, hooked up to people's local public library. Your local library may or may not have that, but I was able to uh, check it out that way. Um, but where else can people find it? It's also on Amazon, and it's on okay. um, it's on I- iTunes, and it's on Snag Films. Okay, we will link to all of those uh, on the podcast uh, on the uh, pfradio.podbean.com homepage, and everyone can find it there. Uh, so what, what where do you go from here? Do you uh, continue to promote the film? Are you working on another film or doing kind of both uh, at the same time? 
I'm doing both at the same time. I'm, you know, like I said, this the a mentor will be up in Boston next week, and um, and conti- I'll continue working on getting mentor uh, seen and and involved in programs that deal with bullying and and um, other issues around that. Um, and then I'm working on a new film that that I'm in the early stages of. So okay, doing both. Yeah. Well, uh, as as they say, hopefully some good can come from this. Um, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, hopefully this, uh, my my hometown could be a catalyst. And again, I don't have any ill feelings toward it. Um, you know, I it's it's your, it's your quintessential garden variety, seventies eighties suburb. I would say when I was growing up, and um, a funny story when I was in France uh, vacationing, my we went back to visit my mom's relatives, and I ran into an American kid uh, in Paris about my age, and he said he was from I think we'll say Gurney, Illinois, for the sake of argument. And I go, oh yeah, you've got a big mall there, and he goes, yeah, and I go, and there's the big row, uh, the big main street's got all the car dealerships on it, and he goes, yeah, yeah, when were you over in Gurney? And I'm like, never, I grew up in the same suburb in Cleveland, so you know, it's just it's a garden variety American town, but hopefully people can you know, kind of get out of their selves and look at things and, and, and deal with them, whether it's mentor or anywhere, uh, these, yeah, these things are happening. Yeah, anywhere, I agree. Yeah. Well, terrific. Well, I think I appreciate you taking the time, Alex, and uh, this will be up sometime soon. I'll uh, email you back when it's up and everything, and you can, and you can check it out. And okay. uh, good luck with Thank the future so films, and, and good luck with promoting the documentary. And good luck to you, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thanks to Alex Lambert for being on the show. You can find her documentary, Mentor, in iTunes. It is also available via Hoopla. And uh, if you do an internet search, you can find other places where it is available as well. It's a little hard to find, but iTunes is pretty big. You should be able to find it there in Hoopla. If your uh, local library is connected to Hoopla, you can find it there as well. Okay, so, um, oh, I did have a couple of uh, closing thoughts. Well, one uh, in particular. Uh, in reading some of the uh, press descriptions for the documentary, uh, I think the city of Mentor was a little mischaracterized, although Ms. Lambert, I think, hit it right on the head. I don't think her perceptions actually made it to the press people. I think she has a very good idea of what Mentor is like, where some of the press reports, like I said in the interview, uh, described it as this lovely beachfront community, like it's the OC or something right up there on Lake Erie. And, and it's not. It's lovely, but it's, it's, not, it's not like the, the picture some of the press had painted. Uh, anyway, in one of the interviews, and I forgot to mention this to her, uh, she says that one of the reasons the film is simply named Mentor is because she found it a little ironic that the town is named Mentor, where these uh, incidents happened. And Mentor, of course, means to you know help somebody, to help them develop, to bring, you know, help bring them along. Well, um, the for a little detail there, uh, Mentor is not named for the word Mentor. In fact, the word Mentor as, as a business buzzword has only been with us for about a decade and a half, I would say. Mentor is actually named, if you're interested, for a man who may or may not have existed named Hiram Mentor. That is the local legend. He's kind of our Jebediah Springfield. He is maybe buried in the Mentor Cemetery. Uh, the Mentor Cemetery is very huge. No one has ever actually found the grave marker. But the best anybody can guess is Mentor was named after a man named Hiram Mentor. So that's that little uh, aside there. Again, uh, see the documentary. It is an important issue. Um, you know, if you're dealing with this, if you know someone that's dealing with something like this, again, we should have been done with this crap years and years ago. Uh, and and so, you know, let, let's let's try to get that done. And, uh, you know, remind kids, or if you're one of those kids, I don't know how many younger listeners we have, but, you know, they say uh, things get better, but things do get better. I mean, they really do. Make friends at other schools. Make friends elsewhere. I mean, it's a big world. You know, these idiots are just idiots, you know, and, and don't let it get to you. I know it's easier said than done, but, you know, 
uh, stick with it. All right, I promised you a little treat. And in thinking about it, uh, this song actually is kind of appropriate. I discovered this uh, via the BBC Radio 1 Introducing Series. Uh, this is a duo from Sheffield, I believe, and they're brand new. Uh, they just uh, uploaded their music to the BBC Introducing Series about four months ago, and it's getting a lot of buzz over in the UK right now. The song, ironically, after having this discussion with Ms. Lambert about how the uh, school district and the school covered up a lot of information uh, about uh, these teenagers, um, is called No Corruption. Uh, it's a great tune. So we're going to leave you with that. This is uh, April Towers from Sheffield. No corruption. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>